the boys are back from their own international breaks. And by God, there's been some doozies in the EFL this week. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast on what has felt like an absolute age since we last recorded. Um, obviously, I'm one of the uh, co-hosts, Andy, but the EFL Sesh podcast wouldn't be the EFL Sesh podcast with my esteemed other co-host, Joe. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Refreshed after a, an, a very inactive international break. I was very much on the bench over the over the break, just, just sunning it up, watching the... Uh, watching the elites play actually i was watching the elites play sitting in a bar in a far-flung land i turn around and watch would be on the telly but leicester versus sunderland oh. on a tuesday night i was oh that was wild on a champions league night as well some somebody had decided no i don't want to watch arsenal severe or what was it united versus somebody no, exactly yeah no it will be uh leicester versus sunderland for me well, um, at the EFL Sesh podcast, we love that. And uh, yeah. if we can try and get the name of that um, owner of that bar, then, you know, we all uh, will give them a massive shout out. They deserve EFL over Champions League any day of the week and twice on Sunday, my friend. That's true. He can. We'll send him a mug. We'll have to get them made up. But then once <laughs> we have got them made up, I will send him a mug. <laughs> and just say EFL Sesh champion. you got to yeah. love it. No, nice, and I'm glad you had a good time over in uh, Lanzarote. And uh, mm. I was, um, I was very much also on the bench uh, in a nice little lodge in Norfolk. So certainly not, certainly not as extravagant as you, but nice to just get away from the world. And uh, yeah, even though the Wi-Fi was sort of sketchy there, we certainly uh, kept up on all the games during the uh, weekend and the midweek games. Um, yeah, there was. It felt like there's been so many games since we last uh, spoke, Joe. So I'm looking forward to dissect some of them uh, in this pod um but i'll plug the socials as we always do so let's um let's do that so obviously listen to the fl sesh podcast and all of our major podcasting platforms um spotify amazon music apple podcasts all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts give us that five star review massively helps share it with your friends it's all that all, all that and it'll help us massively and also we hit the 500 listener mark which uh, over the international break mm-hmm. or our international break. So that is huge. Um, all these milestones mean a hell of a lot to me and Joe. And uh, we're looking forward to hit that thousand mark, um, you know, really, really soon. And, uh, you know, keep sharing it and we'll hopefully get that in record time. And we can just keep growing this because, you know, we, we started this as just like a little idea, Joe. But, you know, I'm, I'm loving recording every week it's a it's a good it's a good laugh and uh breaks up the week very nicely or starts off the week very nicely mm. as recording a monday i completely agree yeah also gives some purpose to my random googlings while i'm watching the football so i can i don't have to justify why i'm on the computer more than more than watching the actual game anymore it's mm. uh it's research yes in sort of air quotes so yeah no i'm loving it the perfect excuse my friend perfect mm. excuse well I thought it'd be really good to start the podcast off this week um, talking about, um, again, the managerial domino effect that's happened in the EFL the last like 10 days. Um, there's been so many changes already in the last since we last recorded, and I wanted to go through majority of them. But I think um, we can start we can start with like chronological order. Who, Ooh, who love that. that. So um, obviously we've alluded to um, the M&K Dons manager going and big Mike Williamson is now the official manager. Yeah. He alluded to it in the last pod. Um, absolutely wild. Um, that was another Oracle Andy moment. Minutes <laughs> after you, you suggested that might happen on the pod, that was announced. That was, that was nuts. Another just, another tick in the predictions league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prediction. We should just call it the probably do better in the manager predictions league than the actual <laughs> predictions league ourselves. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a mad one. But it seems to have made an okay start. I think. Um, I think they drew. They won the weekend. I think, and so they they've made an okay start. But we wish Mike uh, good a good uh, uh, good luck in that role. It's 
it's a tough club, MK Dons. Really nice stadium, but I always feel like it's only about half full or not even like mm. it, they need to probably get some good momentum behind them to get the fans back in and back on side. So that's a tough one. But we'll, we'll crack on with that one because that was a bit while ago. But the one I think we'll start with is obviously Gary Rowett leaving Millwall after three th- three years or four years, maybe. It's one, one of the two, isn't it? So yeah, he, so he was... 2019, I think he joined. Yeah, so it's four, four years. Yeah, four years. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, on. that's one must be one of the longest serving uh, EFL managers at the moment, right? You've obviously mm-hmm. got a, a fair few ones with John Coleman at Accrington, and then you've got is it Simon Weaver at Harrogate Town, who's been there for like 17 or 14 years. Um, but that that was a bit of a shock to me. I, I know that Millwall haven't had a really good start to the season. Uh, obviously, they've been knocking at the playoffs certainly the last few years. Um, and I think they are down at the like lower light, lower echelons of of the championship at like mm. 16, 17th. But I don't know. I've always thought Gary Rout was a half decent manager. To be fair, I was surprised they actually made that change. I felt like maybe they could have given him to Christmas, seeing if it was still the same situation, and then maybe get someone else in. Maybe seems a bit harsh on my side, but Joe, what's your view on it, mate? Yeah, I I, I agree that I think he's done a pretty decent job at. at... Middle, although they're probably a bit well by our predictions they're worse off than they should be we had them coming 10th and 11th but they're yeah. they're 18th at the moment but yeah I don't, I don't know it's one of these weird ones isn't it where he's sort of left by mutual consent but it doesn't feel very mutual to be honest um Absolutely. yeah I, I don't know probably influenced like you alluded to at the start by other managers in the in the championship leaving sort of they always say don't they as well after the international break the the axe is wielded if you if you get the call uh, after the international break it's never good news um be interesting to see where he ends up because there'll be a few uh a few open positions coming up over the well right now but also yeah. over the coming weeks as we come up to christmas and yeah i don't think he's i don't think he's got a bad uh a bad a bad reputation at all to be quite honest he's been pretty good wherever yeah. he went with the exception of his then. brief interlude at stoke but yeah it wasn't really, really a great shake so yeah yeah he did a good job at birmingham if i remember rightly he did a good job there and uh, he did indeed yeah so he's he's got a reputation of being in the championship so i think he won't struggle for a, for another role but mm. I, I can the only way i can see millwall doing it is because obviously in the championship i think they're between there's only six points between 18th and the playoffs, right? So mm. maybe the manager might give them that bounce to get them back into kind of contention. Mm. It, it's not like done and dusted by any stretch of the imagination this season at all. So it, it, you can probably see maybe why they've wielded the axe on that one and maybe just needed a bit more of a different different uh, change. Um, mm. So we'll go on to the next one. So we'll go on uh, Ben Garner from Colchester United um, has been uh, removed from his post. Um, and Matty Everington, West Ham legend, has come in uh, to, <laughs> to to the helm, which is, um, you know, an interesting appointment. But I think he was one of the he was in the academy. He was obviously part of the club, I think, before anyway. Um, I'm not going to lie. I saw this coming from a mile off. Colchester have had made, uh, except for that major result against Notts County where they won 5-4. Mm-hmm. They have not been good at all. And they've been flirting with relegation a long, long time. And... I was quite excited by their transfer business in the summer. I thought they had quite a nice, exciting young squad, but it just doesn't seem to be being utilised at the moment. And I think maybe, maybe a change was needed. Maybe, maybe I'm being biased because they are technically my local team where I live. Um, but I think Matty Everington has started pretty well. They've got two wins on the bounce, I think, uh, or we're drawing a win on the bounce. Um, so it started off pretty well, although. I did see for the uh, for the game that happened over the week over the weekend. I think Matty Everington was banned from the touchline for some contractual um, issues with Crawley Town, who was on the books for a is mm. absolute madness. I, I I can't grasp my head around this one to be totally honest. And uh, it, it again, it's just unnecessary noise. The club don't need right at this particular point in time. You need mm. stability. You need something. You know, you just need a bit of you know just no outside noise to get you on the straight and narrow and get you back on the horse and and all this outside noise and people talking about colchester sometimes they say good but no like bad pub any publicity is good publicity but i think in a case of a football team struggling at the bottom end of the of the league you need as li- little distractions as possible in this case what about you joe 
Yeah, I agree. I immediately I, I have gamified this. Um, does Ben Garner? I will talk about it in a moment. But yeah. does Ben Garner have a higher or lower win percentage with Colchester than Gary Rowett had um, with Millwall? Oh, it's an interesting question. You probably it's probably a trick question. I'd probably say they're very similar. It's probably only like two percent here. I'd say probably Gary Rowett, but maybe Ben Garner has. So Gary Rowett has the higher win percentage. Yeah. With thirty eight point eight percent, Ben Garner mm. is on a criminally low twenty five point nine percent. So <laughs> that's quite very big. poor, very poor. Um, that will be a running theme. I've got all the uh, the win percentages up, so nice. you'll be you'll be hearing more about that later. And um, how astonished I am at how similar managers who get sacked win percentages are normally mm. if they're not Ben Garner, who is crap apparently. Um, <laughs> Yeah, less I less interested in him getting the sack to be honest because mm. I just don't. I mean, the three people who speak highly of him according to Wikipedia are Peter Ramage, Steve Parrish, and Ricky Lambert. So <laughs> t- take away from that what you will. I reckon I could cobble together three better references for my managerial credentials than those three. But um, like Brexit FC, isn't it? Yeah. Very like Ricky wow. Lambert, Steve Parrish. Like, uh, uh, actually, he has a reputation for playing attacking possession-based football, but he's just bad at it, apparently, because he didn't win any games. But the <laughs> the the much more interesting is, yeah, this May Everington thing is wild. So yeah. Crawley are saying, actually, because initially when it all came out, it looked like they sacked him. But mm. they, I think at the time they alluded to it, but now they've come out pretty full force and said, oh, no, he walked away from the club. We didn't sack him. And actually, that contract never expired. So they're saying they've actually got him contracted until next summer. And if uh, Colchester want to make him their manager, they have to buy him out, pay a sort of transfer fee. So that is, I don't know, the only person that really doesn't benefit is Matty Everington. So I can't see Colchester paying money for him. But (laughs) that's just a weird, it's such a mad thing to do. Such bad faith by Crawley. Like, who, like... uh, why are you worried about? Presumably, you're. Well, I don't know why you're worried about there, really. You're looking, you're hopefully looking upwards. Although yeah, their yeah. recent form is very much looking downwards. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Colchester are just. I don't know. I just. I don't think it. I don't think it helps them or the league or anything really by pulling this weird stuff. But they're a bit of a weird club, aren't they? Yeah. Their owners at the moment just sort of playing silly buggers. I don't think they have a clue what they're doing. Sorry, bad. wag me, whatever the hell that name is. Um, bad, although bad due due diligence, can't even say the word from Colchester. They should have known that. Yeah, that is true. Him, to be yeah. fair, what, yeah. why did they not know that? You know, yeah, because they did get away with one of the games. The first game, yeah. he just took charge of. It was only the second game where Crawley went. Oh, actually, <laughs> he is still contracted. So I, I don't know. It's it's a I'd like to. Well, I'd say I'd like to know. I could just look it up, but I quite yeah, like yeah. to know whether that's happened before. Because you get all the time when they haven't done their badges and that. But I've never heard of someone trying to employ another manager who's already employed to another club. Yeah, that's you know that's yeah bad ownership and bad decision making from that part. But Matty Everington can't grumble about it. He's uh, hopefully that will sort out and that that contractual issue will be resolved soon, so mm-hmm. he can go into the Colchester sunset and keep them up in a rapturous end of season form. Um, so, so, <laughs> no bias yeah. there. You've got lo- local club and West Ham hero. I, I imagine you'll exactly. do quite well at least. Yeah, got to love Matty Everington. Um, we'll move on and we'll go to a managerial sacking. Probably you'll be absolutely delighted with Joe. Mm. That is Joe Barton has left Bristol Rovers and that is, uh, again, not surprised that they've not really been on form at all this season. They've that for a team that I think has got one of the you know, probably the best wingers in the in the league in that in terms of assists and general output and and seems to be a quite a good attacking side. He really hasn't got a tune out of this squad, and I think all the off field off field issues. He's obviously I think had issues with some of the other managers spoken out when he doesn't need to. It's classic Joey Barton behaviour, and ultimately. I think the club has put his foot down, saying no more, and we can we can move on, and he can move on as well. But I, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's probably out of all of them, probably the one I saw coming the most. If I'm being mm. totally honest, 
What about you, Joe? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he's a basic manager doing basic things. And <laughs> uh, yeah, see ya. See you later, Joe Barton. Uh, I, I, I just don't care. He yeah. dined out off that 7 0 final yeah. day win for an entire season. And now, finally, they've they've seen the light and and given him the chop. It may be, who knows though. Unfortunately, now it gives him more time to talk to everyone on on Twitter or yeah. X, which it, nobody really wants. But ho- hopefully, well, actually, yeah, hopefully, he gets another job quickly, so so we minimise that nonsense. But. Yeah, I mean, much more important news. Do you reckon? Well, I sort of gave the game away by saying Ben Garner was really bad. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. So Joe Barton does have a higher win percentage than twenty five percent. What do you reckon? And I, I won't ask you to do the decimal place, but what what do you reckon his win percentage was at Bristol Rovers? Thirty one. Oh, I thought you were going to get it in thirty seven. Oh, so, that's quite high, actually. Yeah, not, not terrible. I, I reckon he must have really bumped those numbers up in League Two, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, and then League One's dragged him down. But out of 143 games, he won 53 of them and lost 60 of them. So not not the worst. And drew 30, obviously, drew a few games. So yeah. not the worst, but see you Sa- later. Uh, Sayonara. Sayonara. Yeah, Joseph of the Barton. Um, yeah. Good. Um, we'll then go on to one which I'm really intrigued to hear what your thoughts on, Joe. But um, unfortunately, Mr. Gareth Ainsworth has mm. left part rangers on obviously a club that he loves and clubs that he, club that he's played for and he's a bit of a legend there um but I, I i do think personally he was given a poison chalice no investment mm. clubs not investing in, in in the team and he was given a kind of a, an unenviable kind of task but for me it was definitely writing on the wall for him. The, the, the form has been terrible. He had a little peak maybe in September, but they're just losing at will at the moment. And it's just that there does need to be a change, but who's going to take that? Who realistically in my mind is going to want to take that job? But yeah, Joe, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on that, mate. Yeah. I, to be honest, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I, I think it's such a shame seeing <laughs> that. Cause obviously he loves QPR. Yeah. Um, He's sort of, you know, in the past had caretaker roles there, gone back as the full-time manager and probably had quite big plans. And it never, never got going. I don't really think... Obviously, he has to shoulder some of that blame because there would be managers who would probably do better than five wins in his 30-odd games. But what I don't understand is why as QPR you'd employ a manager like that when you have Mm -hmm. no intention of bringing in the players that... You know he's going to want. It, it, they've clearly got this thing at the moment of sort of producing a couple of star players in their academy every year and just seeing where it goes. But that's that's not his style of football. It's that. It's, it's bizarre. I don't know why they'd bother. If this was the plan all along, why would they even employ him in the first place? Um, I yeah. I don't feel too sorry for him. He's a football manager. He's living the dream. But I, well, he's not anymore. He's got sacked. But it, yeah, yeah it, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. I would have liked him to have done well more for him than QPR in general, to be honest. But yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a shame, but it was definitely on the uh, on 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 the card, certainly. Yeah. So. We wish uh, Gareth a. Um, yeah, we want him to get him back in the game. Like he's certainly a character in the game, and I think it will be someone that I think will other teams will want. And I think he might need to go back down to League One level maybe to build his reputation up again, and then and then probably see what happens. I, I can't see him getting a Championship job if I'm being totally honest after that record. And mm. maybe maybe League One is his level, but maybe he just needs to go down and get more comfortable again and build his reputation up again. Probably. Um, what was his yeah. win percentage, Andy? Uh it well, if five out of thirty, that's pretty nuts. That's gonna be mm. about it's gonna be about twenty-eight percent. He's actually on a pitiful seventeen point eight six percent. So yeah, wow. the writing was on the wall with, with that one. Did and, you know as well? Weird fact, but in 2019-2020, he turned out three times for um Woodley United. In Woodley. the Hellenic League, Division One East, and he he scored twice as well. So, 
Yeah, I, I have no idea what quality that is, but yeah, true. Yeah, he should have subbed himself on maybe for QPR a few times, got himself amongst the goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Get get him amongst the goals, in, in, especially in that league as well. What top tier that league that is, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I think I, I I think it'd be good to finish off. I think on the probably the most it's definitely the most recent um serial mm. casualty, and that is. I was blown away by this. Didn't really mm. see it, but Joe's beloved Bristol City, the gunslingers of a championship to hopefully to happen, have got rid of Nigel Pearson as of yeah. today, I think, or as of yesterday. Um, yeah, uh, nuts. Um, didn't see it happening at all. I know that I think you alluded to in a previous pod, fans weren't happy with the style of play. Mm. Very archaic, very, um, yeah, very one-dimensional, but... Mm. He's a proven manager in this league, right? And he's been there for a while, but I didn't see this coming. This is probably the most shocking one or the one I came out of left field, probably as left field as probably um, John Eustace losing his job, in my opinion, at Birmingham. Mm. A bit of a bit of a wild card. But Joe, what about you? What's your view on it? Yeah, it's weird. And actually looking into it, it looks like there's more to it. Like there's there's something around his health at the moment not that he thinks that's a problem but that it would appear that the club thinks that's a problem and his apparently he's i don't know he doesn't take training or, or anything like that i think that's all sort of delegated out to the assistants but i don't know it's a weird one i don't, I don't really know what to say about it too much because i don't really know what the full like story is around why they've got rid of him or or how much he believes it to be true but yeah yeah his, his record's Fine, like it's okay. Actually, no, it's terrible. Bristol City, flipping it. Bristol City should <laughs> a little Freudian slip there. Bristol City should be up there. I've, I've predicted them. Maybe this is the catalyst they need to surge into the playoffs. This is this is the Bristol City ownership. Actually, okay, actually, I've worked out live. It's like yeah. this is like Scooby Doo. Like I'm in the mystery van. What they've done is they've listened to early earlier pods because they're watching it on you know, catch up because they weren't one of the initial million yeah. viewers and they have had their eyes opened to the potential that Bristol City hold flipping it. That's going to trip me. I need to stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Bristol City hold this season. They've looked at Nige and gone, hmm, maybe this guy isn't the guy for us. Maybe we shouldn't be 15th. Maybe we should be fifth. And they've, they've, they've chopped him and they're about to bring in the Pep Guardiola of the championship. And uh, yeah, uh, that's it then. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you asked actually, because now we've got to the bottom of that mystery solved. I've ripped the mask off of Nigel Pearson, and it was it wasn't a ghost; it was an emu all along. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think we can. I think we need to finish the the section on that. Really, it's never going to get any better <laughs> than that. So that was superb. I, I I couldn't agree more, Joe. So yeah but uh, as you can see it's 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 an absolute minefield at the moment and uh i don't expect some seconds to come up obviously i, I suppose we didn't allude to it but i've seen that um and lawrence thanks again for getting in touch with us but he's obviously alluded to that looks like neil warnock potentially might be coming back to qpr as as interim oh. boss at the end of the season that's just got absolute scenes written over it. i just love that. i don't know if i love it I might not love it, but I just love him. So I'd be good <laughs> to get him back into the into the championship and the way he was dealt with by Huddersfield. I'm just if that happens, I'm I'm all I'm all here for it. So yeah, that was a good a uh, good good point there, Lawrence. And uh, yeah, thanks for the reminder. I forgot that was on the card. So let's see if uh, if that happens. Cool. Well, we've got gone through the uh, gone through the um, the managerial merry-go-round that has mm. been the last uh, 12 days since we've recorded, Joe. But let's get into the game roundups. How are we going to do yes. it this week? We are going to do it this week and all future weeks, four games a pod. So we're having one one from each league, the Championship, League One and League Two, just our, our pick of the best. And then the fourth game each week will be our, our, our favourite, our pod pick of the week from any league that we want to talk about. Um, yeah, to, to make it a nice even four, give you the adoring hearers. I was going to say viewers, but you're not watching me. The adoring hearers, um, your all of all of the analysis that you know and love, but in a 
in a bit more depth, maybe, if if we feel like it. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just give you the score and move on. So our podcast, we can do what we want. But yeah, that's that's the plan from, from here on in. Um, and I believe you're going to start us off with our championship game. Yes, I am, uh, Joe, and thanks for the segue. And I'm... Shameless plug, I'm going to be talking about Ipswich because it was a barnstormer, and but I was also there, so I was also at the game. Oh, Saturday, I didn't so know that. I was at the game. Yeah, I was at the game on Saturday, so that was that was good. So I'm going to be talking about Ipswich-Plymouth at the weekend. Um, a, a really good game, very strange game. Lots happened, um, but Ipswich carry on their unbelievable run. Um, mm. I think they're unbeaten at home. Uh, no, one, one loss at home all season. Um to to lead that was a four three but they just serve up entertainment it was a three two Ipswich win um had a bit of everything to be told us lots of yellow cards well we'll allude to that in a minute but Plymouth went out started really well actually I there's a little bit of rivalry there in these two teams because obviously Plymouth were the champions of League One and Ipswich came second and you know Plymouth amassed that hundred and one point tally which was nuts in League One last season and um. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of an ongoing spat between between the two because they were fighting for fighting for the title last season, and there definitely was a little bit of you know some some uh, questionable challenges coming in this game. <laughs> some uh, some questionable um, there seems some touchline antics is probably the best way I can allude to it. But we'll crack on with the game. So starts off a little bit edgy. Ipswich have a good shot in the first in the first few minutes, but then Morgan Whitaker again. I've I really rate him. I think he's a really mm. good player. Um, Seems to be a steal at like one and a half million from from Swansea because he did brilliantly last season with them, um, but um, he gets the ball on the right hand side and we were like face it we were on on my side where I sit in in the stadium it was they were shooting obviously the way we were and he cut he gets the ball on like twenty five yards from the goal cuts inside like shivs it onto his left foot because he's he's majority left foot I think and whips an absolute weldy into the top corner top left hand corner Haladki had absolutely no chance and we had the best angle it was like I was literally well, as soon as he shot we were directly behind him so you just saw it saw it leave his foot and as soon as it went in I was like as soon as he hit it I was like got to say that's in um but yeah <laughs> absolutely worldy of a goal and uh, a great start for Plymouth and they, their towels would have certainly been up but um and, and they had a good good spell. They had lots of good spells in this game Plymouth and I think Ipswich I think most of the time will probably feel that this was kind of a. I think they maybe deserved it on the whole, but I think a draw probably would have been a fair result in the grand scheme of things. Um, but um, Mumba, who uh, again got a lot of stick during the game because he's a former Norwich defender, so obviously Ipswich are going to give him massive stick. Mm. Uh, he scores an own goal on forty-five plus one in garbage time to kind of uh, have go into half time at one all. It's kind of a different game then. Um, but then Ipswich came out really, really strong in the first few minutes and. Uh, George Hurst scores a lovely goal. Um, if you haven't seen it, look at Leaf, da- Leaf Davis's um, like forty or fifty yard through ball. Um, literally, like whips it with his left foot and just beats all of the defenders. And George Hurst is in, times his run to perfection, scores a lovely goal on the fifty fourth minute. Um, and then again, very very cagey for the last like twenty minutes of the game. Um, I think Plymouth, I would say, pretty much it was a 50-50, but I think maybe Plymouth was slightly edging the play. They had some shots. Ladke made some excellent saves and then Harness, uh, Marcus Harness comes off the bench, scores a lovely goal, actually. Um, nice team goal, cut through the defence. Um, Liv Davis pulls it on a plate for him. First shot, actually, it deflects off the defender, but sometimes when luck's going your way, the deflection goes straight back to your feet. He has a second bite of the cherry, gets the goal to make it 3-1. Um, and we thought the game was over, but then Edwards and another substitute that comes on for Plymouth gets a goal with 90 plus one. And there was like seven minutes of added time. So it was definitely squeaky bum time coming into the, the end of the game. But I'll give it to Ipswich. They did the classic. Don't go in, don't go and attack. Just literally cornerify it. Absolutely at all will. And <laughs> just shielded the ball at all costs. And um, yeah, Ipswich get the win. It's actually, a, I think, a really good confidence win for Ipswich because they were under the cosh, and but they are finding ways to get three points, which is really, really exciting and really good to see. Don't get me wrong, there was areas of this game where Ipswich were playing some sublime stuff and the, the McKenna way that he does. It's always playing out from the back, using the win backs and using the using the full backs to the absolute, you know, 
to perfection in 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 some cases. But yeah, Leif Davis was incredible. He got th- I think he got two or three assists in this game. Um, but I, I think on the whole, I think in terms of the whole game, it seems that the stats suggest that Ipswich had more shots. They probably did, but shots on target, um, Plymouth beat, beat, beat Ipswich from that perspective. Big chances. It was pretty even. I think overall it probably should have been a draw, but I will not grumble in any way the slightest. Three points is three points. And Ipswich will take a lot of confidence out of that. But I think also Plymouth will. Plymouth have been very up and down. They've been normally quite trash away, but good at home. So I think that as an away performance is probably their away performance of the season so far by the games that they've won. And I think they'll take a lot of confidence taking Ipswich to the absolute limit pretty much, I think. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a good result. Lots of yellow cards. I think there was five yellow cards for Ipswich and about four for three or four for um, Plymouth. Um, McKenna uses all five subs, which is, you know, things you love yeah, to see. Three, only three. So that's poor form for him. Yeah. But um, yeah, really good game. It was a really lovely, you know, a good atmosphere and 29,000 at Portman Road. It was uh, it was a good sight to see and a good win and keeps them. <laughs> it's, it's a nine point gap between second and third. And it's that, that's mad already at this stage of the season. So, you know, the, hand I, as well. I know game in hand. 12. Remember, points on the board over games. Yeah, and that's true, hundred um, percent. But yeah, really good game. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, Joe, talk to me about the throw-in stats. Have you got the throw-in yeah, straight yeah. in? It's no wonder it's which edged this game because they edged the throw-ins twenty-four yeah. to twenty-three. Ooh. After that, it's a no-brainer really. Uh, with that combined with the five subs, it, I mean, put the house on it. That's that. That's a nailed-on home win. Um, yeah, astonishing! I am continuing to be astonished by Ipswich this year. Yeah, um, I've also got Kieran McKenna's win percentage up. If you want to hazard a guess at that, over his entire Ipswich career, I think I did see this. Is it fifty-eight point? Well, no, sixty-one percent, isn't it? Or something Ooh, like that. It, it's exactly sixty percent at the moment, 60%, is it? which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it's like brilliant. for comparison, I was doing a bit of searching around. Um, Wellens, he's only on forty-seven point six percent. Maybe he's in for the chop soon. Who knows? Jurgen Klopp, he's only yeah. got sixty point six percent. Um, Alex Ferguson, he's only got fifty-nine point seven percent. Pathetic in his fifteen hundred games for United. And Arsene Wenger, a meagre fifty-seven point two percent after one thousand two hundred thirty-five games. So I wouldn't be surprised if McKenna tempts him out of uh, out of retirement. Try and catch yeah. him up. To be fair, um, I did see a stat for it, which this uh, for twenty twenty three. I think that is that is McKenna's twenty third win in twenty twenty three. It's like twenty three wins in like mm. half a season, pretty much, which is absolutely nuts, right? So it's um, yeah, it's great. It, 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 he's a good manager. He's very calm on the sidelines. Doesn't really get. I think it's the first time I've actually seen him a little bit rolled up this season because I don't think mm. he liked what he saw at certain points in this game. But majority of the time, he's just he lets the players get on with it. It seems to be a good, you know, there's good times at the club. The fans are right behind him, and it's a, you know, I think most Ipswich fans will think that you know at some point the wheels will come off and there will be a blip period. But just enjoy the ride while it's here, man. Like it's 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 just cracking to see. Um, we were actually looking, we were aiming to go to the uh, the the cup game in the week, but mm. logistics is not gonna is gonna be against us. But I've already said to Joe, we've already lined up the uh, the Millwall game on the 29th, and that'll be the session tour. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, give him so, give him a piece of our mind about yeah. Gary out getting the sack. <laughs> exactly. So you can see it switching in full flow, hopefully. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much my summary of the game, Joe. It was, uh, mm. it was good to be there. It was a it was a very interesting game, strange game at times, but. Who cares? Three points is three points, my friend. Yeah, yeah. five goals, yeah. forty-five throws, forty-seven throw-ins. Can't do the maths. Yeah. You've had it all. Absolutely, hundred percent. Well, Joe, I'll let you crack into League One, my friend. Go for it, please. And I will be. I don't think it will come as any surprise. I'll be reviewing Reading versus Portsmouth, where hope bloomed eternal for a for a, a short half hour for Reading fans, and then a. Uh, reality set back in of being bottom of league one and they completely fumbled and lost three two um the blow by blow lewis wing gets reading's first in the 23rd minute closely followed 
by a 27th minute Charlie Savage goal to put them 2-0 up at home. Um, and I believe that Charlie Savage is, is the Robbie, Robbie Savage's son. Yeah. Wow, yeah. what a terrible shame for that kid. But <laughs> there we go. So he's he, you could still make it regardless of your upbringing, kids. Um, so there you go, 2-0. Short-lived, though. Six minutes later, 33 minutes, Faustino Angerin bangs on in for Portsmouth, 2-1. Um, and then in after eight minutes of stoppage time, there is another minute, apparently, because in the 45 plus ninth minute, Colby Bishop gets a Portsmouth equaliser and kicks Ruben Celis's Reading right in the head. That is that is disgusting. That's a that's a filthy blow. Um come out after the second half, deflated probably for letting in a, a uh, last minute equaliser Terry Devlin excellent name Terry Mortgage should be called Terry um, gets a 58th minute goal for Portsmouth and that is how it stays until the end of the game um, notable things to happen after that are both managers use all five subs so round of applause for both John Messinio and Ruben Sellers and Amadou Salif Mbenge not content with Colby Bishop's plus nine minute equaliser in the first half gets a plus nine minute red card for violent conduct um well done well done comes on for well i mean officially 24 minutes but 34 minutes with his plus nine minutes at the end um and gets himself straight reddit so he'll be banned for the next three games top 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 work amadou um disaster class for reading bottom of the table can't buy a win Six points, so already eight points adrift of safety. Uh, yeah, not looking good. Portsmouth, on the other hand, rip roaring. They were, I have to say, they were fantastic when they. I know I've said it like a million times now. Yeah. They were fantastic when they turned us over four nil, and they, uh, they, they can't stop. They cannot stop. They look brilliant. There doesn't really look to be any significant weakness in their team. Fair play, John Messino playing football and and getting results um and it, a, an exact draw on the throwing count 25 all but okay. it, it does suit the narrative that league one gets 50 thrones a game so even that i'll let john off and he also got booked as well for arguing so almost pretty much the complete performance i'd say yeah any thoughts or feelings on the game no, just just in John Messino, we trust my friend. Mm. I'm I'm a big fan of his. I think he's, um, he seems to be a good character. And I've always I don't know, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Pompey. I've, I love the fans. They've always been, you know. I think I alluded to in a previous podcast. You know, the days where they're Crouchy Defoe, that kind mm. of like elite old school squad, which you know exceeded all expectations. So seeing them actually doing really well, and and again. 2-0 down. I know it's bottom Reading, bottom of the league. Again, Reading, bottom of the league. I think I put them top. So this is absolutely like... You did. You yeah. did. So I, I actually did the... Uh, I've now got a live sort of points comparison going on between the Championship, League One and League Two. And League One is pretty much the only league where we're really significantly apart. And it is solely Reading. Because they are, you have them top and they are bottom. So that... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I can't see Ruben Sellers being in his job for much longer if he carries on the way he is. To be totally honest, it's I'm surprised. Bearing in mind he was, uh, you know, managing in the in the Premier League. I know it was only for a short stint, but you know he's been playing with good players, and I thought they would. Uh, they weren't really attacking four three three at home. Like you know, they started off really well, but yeah, yeah, you can't concede two three goals when you're tuning up, right? Just shut up shop. Just take some yellow cards. You know, just be a bit more game savvy. You're against top of the league. You know they're going to be on top of you at the end of that. You know, in the second half, they're not going to come out and be as bad as they were in the first. Um, yeah, just, 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 yeah. Game management. I think that's the real key one. Game management and um, Reading certainly don't have that in a in 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 abundance at all at the moment. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, bad for Reading in an absolute rut right now, but. Pompey on absolute fire, and I, you know, I'm all here for it. Here, here. Mm, nice, love it. Well, I believe we're going from League One to League Two, and I believe yeah. you're about to you're about to hit us with another patented Andy H review. Oh well, the it's the People Champions League for a reason, right? Like we're going to mm. talk about Morecambe and 
Morecambe absolutely tummy tickling Wimbledon at home for one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we haven't really talked about Morecambe so much, but well, let me uh, hang on. Let me tell you how many times we've yeah, talked yeah. about them. We have talked about Morecambe twice. This is no, the okay. second time. Wimbledon, however. This is their EFL podcast debut. So welcome Wimbledon to the fold. <laughs> to the party. Um, mm. Unfortunately, you did get turned over 4-1. By <laughs> but it's, it's one of them things. But um, I, I feel like probably we should give Morecambe a lot, a lot of credit. They are cooking something at the moment. They've got two games in hand um, on everyone around them, pretty much. And if they win both their games, I know it's points on the board versus going ham. If they mm. win both their games in hand, they're only one point behind Stockport in 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 with on 34 they are playing some really really good stuff and i looked at the highlights it was pure domination from them really um so starts off a bit of a kg first half and but um michael mellon absolute sublime name to be totally mm. honest yeah um scores in the 46 well actually i think 46 means it's the next it's the uh second half so absolutely nothing happens in the first half and everyone's like you know what the hell is going on clearly you know clearly uh uh, the manager um, for Morecambe's gone. Yeah, probably need to uh, step out, boys, and uh, go from there, really, um, and and put this team to the sword. And they certainly did that. Michael Mellon scores in the 46th minute, and then uh, a little bit after that, five minutes after, Lewis unfortunately scores a known goal for Wimbledon to put Morecambe 2-0 up. But then Mellon thought, oh, well, I want more I want more melons on the score sheet. So he gets a 61st-minute pen um, to make it 3-0 three, three and pretty much game over. Little makes it a little bit interesting. <laughs> See the word play there. Um, to make it 3-1 on the 72nd <laughs> minute. Um, but then Mellon wasn't content with two Melons. He thought he'd go for the hat-trick of Melons and scores on the 88th minute um, to make it a very, very comfortable afternoon for, for Morecambe. The Shrimpers are... Um, I don't really know a really good phrase to say shrimp. The Shrimpers are shrimping on or or fishing on or swimming on. Who knows? Let's, let's see what happens. But... Um, yeah, Fop Mob are giving giving Mellon a nine point seven rating, which is you know he must have had the the afternoon of his dreams to be totally honest. Um, but good to see Adams using four of his uh, four of his substitutes. Jackson only using uh, three of his substitutes, so you know poor form on all behaviours there. But um, interesting though, um, <laughs> Morecambe didn't have. It looks like it was a domination, but the stat says otherwise. 56% possession for AFC Wimbledon, 23 shots to 10 in Wimbledon's favour, so clearly peppering, but five shots on target for Morecambe, four goals. And you know how much I love a conversion rate percentage. Mm. That is a good old 80% conversion rate percentage, and it's stuff you love to see. Um, uh, And four big chances, four goals is what you love to see. So 23 shots, five on target. So AFC Wimbledon, in my mind, have just been pepping it about a little bit and having some pot shots here and there. And uh, yeah, must do better in front of goal, really. That's that's poor form. But yeah, Morecambe have had a really, really good run of form recently. That's, That's four straight wins. Unbeaten in five. You know, they've played maybe teams around them. They beat Colchester 3-1, beat Barrow 3-1. Sutton, you know, who doesn't? Well, actually, Sutton won on the weekend, so actually I can't really uh, disregard Sutton. Um, but, uh, you know, they uh, they beat Sutton, but they beat Tranmere. So they've beaten teams around them. It'd be interesting to see when they're playing teams maybe at the upper echelons of the league, how they get on with that. But, you know, it's it's really good to see. Um, haven't lost in seven. It's Morecambe are cooking something, and I hope that, that keeps on running because... You know, they're a team that obviously went down last season and they seem to be in a bit of a ruin. Um, and yeah, I I think the fans all like what they're seeing. And I think uh, let's let's see if the the run continues and they can continue up the table. And um, yeah, a, a perfect afternoon's work. And uh, yeah, it might be in a case that they didn't have as many shots, but you need to convert them, right? And, you know, Mellon, that will give Mellon a massive amount of... Uh, confidence going into next week's and uh when you've got a fit and firing striker that can be worth its weight in gold my friend so yeah that is my summary of 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 Morecambe Wimbledon Joe any thoughts from your side uh a couple of game observations I guess yeah. and then uh and then some shrimpy facts because yeah. after you saying they were shrimping about that obviously yeah. piqued my interest um <laughs> throw-ins 
I think uh, an EFL pod record of 67 throw-ins in the game. Wow. Um, 31 Morecambe, 36 Wimbledon. So at least Johnny Jackson's men can hold their heads up high in that sense. Um, and just to... I know you got a yellow card, Derek Adams, so there is that in the positive column, <laughs> but absolutely pathetic substitute showing. Um brought on a sub in the 83rd minute but what looks to be an injury substitution so he's forced into it and then he uses three in the 90 plus eighth minute for some time wasting which i appreciate but that's just that's a crap effort must must try harder um just win two one and use all your subs that's that's much more important um and also much more important shrimp facts they are scavengers and spend most of their time at the bottom of their waterbed and they eat anything that falls down to it. They are opportunistic omnivores, which means they will eat both plants and animals, dead or alive. And then this really caught my eye. On average, it is estimated between 300 and 620 billion shrimp are killed annually. And at any given point in time... There's only like between 150 and 300 billion alive. So they're just in this constant churn of being bred and eaten. That That is how, who the hell is eating that much shrimp? Like, I mean, that is, not that amount to be fair. That's, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Like, wait, I can't even get my head around that. Somebody somewhere needs to stop eating shrimp because that can't be good for you. But... Surely, surely maybe someone's just solely on a shrimp diet and that's contributing to that amount maybe. but that is absurd yeah. fact absolute absurd fact mental cool well let's go on to the pod pick joe mm. and uh, i'll let you uh introduce it and give us our game summary thank you it comes from the championship and it comes from a week ago if you can cast your mind back that far we're uh not 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 this weekend not last midweek but last saturday and it's Norwich versus Leeds, um, two relegated teams. So I thought it might be a might be a spicy one, and that it was. Um, ended in a three-two win for Leeds um, away from home, but perhaps unsurprising given how well they're going and how terribly Norwich are going. But yeah, it, it surprised us. Um, four minutes in, Norwich at home get off to the perfect start. Shane Duffy scores a goal, and then six minutes later gets booked. So he's ticking all the boxes straight out of the gate. Um, Couple of bookings in the first half as well. Somerville, Sarah, Joe Roden, well done, all flying in. And also, Gabriel Sarah gets himself a goal as well. Norwich, 2 0 up, half time. Both their goal scorers have been booked. They're flying. They're thinking, flipping it. We're getting ourselves on the FL pod this weekend, boys. Little did they know it would be for all the wrong reasons because in the second half, they fold like an origami crane. So our aforementioned Shane Duffy, 63rd minute, sticks one into the back of his own net. So disaster. And then Leeds, in what really speaks to how how much quality they have in their side, on the 70th minute, bring on both Nonto and Patrick Bamford, which is a bit wild for the championship. Yeah. And then understandably, seven minutes later, Willie Nonto sets up Crescencio Somerville, who is also too good for the championship, um, yeah. to make it 2 all. And then the 85th minute, Crescencio gets one himself, scores 3-2, nothing else happens. Ilian Melier gets a, a fantastic booking for time wasting in the 87th minute. Perfect, well done. Um, Daniel Farker brings on his remaining two subs in the 95th minute to make it five subs apiece. Throw-ins, we're looking at a 21-20 to Leeds. Again, that's why they edged it. 41, pretty much bang on the 40 we expect from a championship game. That's why you're the pod pick. You're ticking all of the pod boxes. If, if yeah. you know, let this be the template for everyone going forward. This is what we want to see. Yeah, loads of goals, loads of throw-ins, and loads of substitutions with some absolute nonsense yellow cards exactly. sprinkled in for good measure. I, I, I suppose my thought on the game is: Have you seen Somerville's goals? They're just yeah. outrageously it's ludicrous. He's he's, a, he's an unbelievable player. He is like that front, that that front, you know, that front four essentially. Mm. Somerville, Joel Pirro, Dan James, and Jorginho Rata is just incredible. And then when mm. you got when you got Noto, Nonto, and, and Bamford to come on as well, yeah. 
Jaden Anthony, like you know, Cooper. He's not even get Luke Ayling isn't even getting his side at the moment. Like it's just mm. it, it. They should be. You know, they are third now, and I think they deserve to be there. Like they are playing some really good stuff, and I think Barker's finally getting a bit of a tune out this squad, and mm. after a bit of a shaky start. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, Norwich blew it. Norwich absolutely blew it, and. Mm. As following Ipswich, um, obviously I love to see it, but sec- <laughs> sec- secondly as well, um, after fir- only only thirteen games, Ipswich have got double um, Norwich's tally for the season, seventeen to thirty four. So, oh, there's oh, that's some great symmetry. Mind, mind the gap, mind the double gap. Um, Absolutely stinking run of form as well. They're in yeah. in dire straits at the minute. D yeah. Wags needs to up his game. Yeah, that's um yeah, it's not been good to be fair. And uh yeah, funny enough, um if, if Ipswich beat Fulham in the uh in the cup as well in, in midweek, then because uh, Norwich got knocked out by Fulham in the cup in the previous round, so it would be another like, you know Whoops Norwich's bro. We've actually um uh, my my partner's dad who I went to the game with on Saturday, we've uh, decided to uh, for the Norwich home game, which is just before Christmas, woof, sixteenth of December. Um we're staying the night before and, and going to like the local local Ipswich Labour Club before to have bacon rolls because the game's at twelve thirty. But Ipswich Norwich is going to be absolute carnage <laughs> in a, in a fair few weeks. I'm very much here for it, but I'm also um, slightly worried for my life at the same time. To be honest, I was going to say, are you the sort of Green Street type, Andy? Are you going to be leading uh, the charge into the into the opposition? Um, I'll be probably join, uh, leading the charge into the pub, not the, uh, <laughs> not, not into battle, my friend. Yeah, um, fair, fair. But yeah, no, a really good game. Joe, have you got any final thoughts on this game? Not on this game. I do have a final thought on our league predictions. Now we've gone through all yeah. the games. Um, so obviously we did our championship review, so we said where we... Uh, well, where we were going wrong in our initial predictions. So I, I knocked it up for League One and League Two as well. Nice. And compared our collective, uh, well, incorrect positions, basically. And it is astonishingly close. It's astonishingly poor as well, but it is astonishingly close. So across the three leagues, I am a cumulative 406 places off where these teams should be. And you are 414 places off. Even so worse. there is only eight positions between us. Um, it has to get better. It, I, I literally, I, I'm not good enough at maths to, to to really calculate all the permutations, but I think we're very close to like maximum incorrectness um, that that this model would allow. So I would I would hope greatly that that yeah we we get better. I think. I, I don't know. I, it's way, something it? something wicked doesn't this way come has already come. Something wicked has happened to our brains <laughs> when we were doing the predictions. Absolute sensational stuff. But mm. yeah, it's um it's it's terrible, terrible viewing for us, but mm. for the listeners, I bet they're absolutely lapping up. I uh <laughs> nuts. Mm. Absolutely nuts. Well, that's our game summaries done for the for mm. the and uh, hopefully you like this new model of the free games and and the pot the the podcast pick and um yeah give us some reviews and give us some feedback on that and how we can how we can improve we're, we're always here but obviously just positive feedback exactly yeah, i have no interest in the negative <laughs> stuff just tell me how great that is and then move on exactly um i suppose a little um i suppose for me um i was tweeting on the um on the efl sesh pod twitter and obviously there was a big um there was a big hype about the Wrexham or Notts County Wrexham game on, uh, mm. on Saturday. And that was a big win for a uh, just little shout out, a little, a big win for Wrexham two nil away to Notts County. And uh, yeah, that was, that's put them like really near the top of the table, like third now. And I think for league two at the top of the table, my predictions looking a little bit more better from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Stockport, Notts County and Wrexham. Stockport just still are, Still, are absolutely on an absolute train right now, and it's stuff you love to see. But yeah, um, yeah, shout out to Wrexham on that. Um, well, we'll go to a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with the uh, bumper, absolute bumper predictions league. Um, and then we'll give, as the fans want, the Canvey Island update from the from the last twelve days. So we'll see you in a mo. <laughs>
Hello and welcome back from our from our break. Short, I hope. I hope you're feeling refreshed for the second half. Um, I'll tell you, Andy. It, well, let, let me ask you, because, you know, there's been a bit of time since we made these predictions. How well do you think we, we did? Just gut feel. Terribly. Just terribly, based on our lead. Well, if your predictions were as good as that one, then, then you'd be all right. But unfortunately, you're bang on incredibly bad i this might be our worst showing yet um six games we we had to predict so a potential 18 points each up for grabs um i won't spoil the outcome but just bear that in mind we could have got 18 points each um so our first three picks rotherham ipswich we were mercifully saved from having to predict because that was postponed so Nil nil. Uh, Cheltenham Cambridge was our League One game from from last weekend. I said one nil Cambridge. You said two all. It was one nil Cheltenham. Obviously, <laughs> Cheltenham picked up their very first win of the season, so that's a nil nil point for for both. And yep. Accrington Stanley versus MK Dons in League Two. I said two one to Aki Stanley. You said three nil MK Dons, and it was actually one nil to Accrington Stanley. So there you go. One 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 point for me. Zero points for you. Another yep. three games locked and loaded. Let's get into them. Sunderland, Norwich. I said one all. You said two nil Norwich. It was three one Sunderland. So no points. Bristol Rovers, Northampton. I said a resounding four nil win for Northampton. You went for a board draw, nil nil. It was two one Bristol Rovers. So another nil points. And then our, our final game to save some face, Salford Swindon. I went for a three one Swindon win, going really great guns. You went for a four nil Swindon win, so going even greater guns, and it was two all. So another nil points for both of us. Out of a possible eighteen points each, the score was one nil. <laughs> I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Uh, and that is <laughs> like it's so bad. It's so mm. good at the same time, isn't it? It's just absolutely woeful. But yeah. Absolutely hilarious at the same time. Uh, astonishing. Yeah. So where that leaves us in the total, I mean, it's not difficult to work out where that leaves us in total because only one point different from last time. So you're still on 20 and I have clambered another rung up the ladder to 17 points. Um, no. And we shall move as swiftly on as possible to this week's games. Yeah. Where we shall see not one but two debutants on the uh, on the predictions league um one of them comes in the championship in the game between Huddersfield and Watford who are making their their first appearance interesting game uh obviously what uh, Huddersfield got humbled by Leeds at the weekend didn't they so I don't really fancy them I'm gonna go for a two nil Watford win oh so I went I've well I'm gonna go for a one nil Watford win so <laughs> Oh, hopefully we put all our eggs in one basket there. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that one comes through. Um, in League One this week, I've gone for the local derby, Peterborough versus Cambridge. Peter, oh, that's a bit of a derby, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, Peterborough on a good run right now, so I'm going to go for a two-one Peterborough win. Oh, I've also gone Peterborough. I'm going to go four-nil. I think. Big. Yeah, going to bring a four-nil. I don't know where that's come from either, because I watched them play a couple of weeks ago and they, they couldn't they didn't look like they were gonna score a goal if they played a thousand minutes of football. But I'm confident. Also there was a sign on holiday. So I was coming back in the airport, as you are, yeah. and um fellow in front of me in the queue to check in our luggage, Peterborough United shirt on. I was like, Love if that it. isn't a sign, then well, there's probably loads of other signs, to be fair. That was just the one that I saw. But there you go. Peterborough four Cambridge yeah. nil. Lock that in. Lump on. And finally, League Two, we've got another, our second debutant of the week in the Predictions League. Tranmere, first time. Okay. Versus yeah. Forest Green, a battle of the bottom. Yeah, that is a battle of the bottom. I think Forest Green got a good win, didn't they, at the weekend or the, maybe in midweek. So, but I'm going to go for a Desmond. I think it's going to be a two all Ooh. So I think Forest Green will win 2 0. Hmm. I think they. They've just got a result in them. Why I think yep. that, I couldn't tell you, but that's what I think. Troy Deeney um, masterclass. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, mate, he can David McGoldrick me and and 
make a mug of my well to be fair i make a mug of my own predictions by making them in the first place but <laughs> yeah there we go I, I think the sooner we move on to this uplifting canvi island update the better because that's a shocker that's that's hey, that's brought shocker. my mood right down absolutely it's uh yeah but i'm unfortunately going to give you a i'm going to go with the bad news first okay the yeah band-aid. good plan rip the band-aid off yeah rip the band-aid off so there was there's two games that um canvi island played in the isthmian premier league um, over over the period where we didn't put, uh, didn't do a pod, so the first game they played was away to Wingate and Finchley, who are up at the upper echelons. I think second or third in um in the Isthmian Premier League, and uh, unfortunately they were very much humbled six two away at uh, home. Wow. Sorry, that was a away loss, obviously, but yeah, it was a, a resounding. Uh, beating. However, it started off really good for them. Went one nil up um, on the thirteenth minute from Hall, a Canvey Island. But then uh, uh, Chukwu, Chukwu, I'm going to feel Chukwu um, scored on the forty second minute, just mm-hmm. for half time. Um, and then Desland, Deslands gets a two, makes it two one Canvey. Maybe think they're on a bit of a high. Um, but then Carvalho comes in with a fifty sixth minute equaliser for Winchgate and Finley, and then. The floodgates did certainly open. Um, uh, Chuck Wu gets his second of the game on the 61st first minute. Then Carvalho gets his second on the game on the 75th minute. Then they concede an absolute one minute again, 76th minute, long for Winchgate and Finchley. And then he resounds the rut on uh, long again on the 84th minute to make it a 6 2 loss. Um, yeah, a very much a woof um, performance from Canby <laughs> and. Uh, one they were definitely trying to forget um uh forget for the rest of the season. However, on Tuesday, uh Tuesday the twenty fourth of October, they were back in uh Canvi uh Canvi were back in Isthmian Premier League action and uh I'm happy to say they come back and, and beat Cray Wanderers at home two one. Big result. Um big, big hmm. comebacks, things you love to see. Uh, didn't start off great, but Lockyer gets a goal on the 40, uh, 45th minute. But before that, even uh, Black from Cray Wanderers gets sent off for a straight red card on the 41st minute. Things you love to see. So somehow still go 1-0 up after being down to 10 men. But in the second half, Canvey Island come out firing. Hall gets a, his second in two games on the 51st minute. And then Sack gets a goal on the 86th minute to send the fans at the Movie Star Stadium into absolute raptures mm. and back to winning ways, which is great to see. It's a battling win. So it seemed to be... It seems to be the story of Canvey season up right now. They get get a good win, then they'll lose. They haven't really gone on like a two or three, four game winning streak at the moment. They seem to be very up and down. But if we look at the table in the Isthmian Premier League currently, um, just give me a second. They're tenth, so they're in they're in banging mid table, mm-hmm. um, pretty much. And it it seems to be Hornchurch. Uh, top of the league, they're running away with it on 32 points after 12 games, which is a you know brilliant result really for them, unbeaten. Yeah, so if you look at the you look at the stats for Canvey, 11 games for Canvey, six wins or five losses. Don't care about draws; it's either win or a loss, and that's things you love to see. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I love them so much. They're either we'll go and win or we'll go and get resoundingly beaten, but we won't draw and won't bore the fans. So. Good stuff, um, but yeah, they've they've you know some teams have got some game in hands over them, but being comfortably tenth in mid table, they've still got a platform for them to you know make a bit of a charge. And there's only six points between them and second place, so you know there's plenty of plenty of time for them to make a late dash for the playoffs or late dash for automatic promotion. So you know, watch this space; um, it's all good. But I do have some other news as well. They've made some. They've made two very good signings. Mm-hmm. So they've uh, made a double sign on the 25th of October of Jack Munns and Max Jobson. So Munns joins them from Chatham Town as a raft of experience in both the Football League and non-league. So that seems to be good, uh, good, good uh, signing. Um, and yeah, Munns also played for Tottenham in his youth. Um, spent time at Overshot and Charlton before making his breakthrough at Cheltenham Town, uh, making 60 appearances, scoring nine goals. So for that seems to be a very good, uh, um, yeah, very good acquisition. Um, and then forward Johnson is more locally based, playing his trades at local clubs further down the pyramid, but gaining a reputation as a very reliable goal scorer. He dual registers with the club from Benfley FC to help provide extra firepower. So let's welcome Jack and Max to the club. Um, but yeah, this midfield, the, the 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 forward seems to be a you know 
given a bit of competition to the forward line, but this midfielder seems a very good acquisition with from with a football league experience in his veins. So let's hope that's a, a shrewd acquisition for for Canvey Island. And uh, Joe, that is your Canvey Island update, mate. Thank you, thank you. It's interesting that Jack Munns comes from Chatham because I think that's that's our next game, though. It's second yeah. place. It champ, is. So yeah, unlucky losers. Jack Munns going to get a hat trick. I can feel it coming. Stick yeah. that in the predictions league. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe next week. Or maybe next week. Do, do, do you want to do a do you want to do a rogue Canvey Island uh, prediction for next week? That's a that's a great idea. Let's let's yeah. throw. So here we go. It's going on the spreadsheet, and as everyone knows that it's a, it's official when that happens. Yeah. So Absolutely. here you go. We're going Chapman versus Canvey, and. I am going for a well. I just said Jetman's going to get a hat trick, so I could go for that at least. Now I'm going to go for a five-two to Canvey. Five-two as a bold prediction, and yep. there are, but I'm going to go for a go for two-one, two-one Canvey win. Nice, nice. Yeah, get get them two wins in a row, and uh, yeah, let's let's hope that's we have a good positive um, a good positive uh, report next week. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, no hope about it. That's been predicted yeah, now, so that's exactly. happening. So that's an extra game where we can score zero points on. Um, but on that <laughs> note, we will end the pod there. Um, as always, please follow us on the FL Sesh Pod on Twitter and Instagram, um, and also follow us and and share our podcast on all your major podcasting platforms: um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. We're on all that good stuff. You can tell Alexa to play the FL Sesh podcast. Still blows my mind every time I do it. But, yeah. <laughs> you'll have to see um but um it's great to be back um we're not an international break next week we'll be back firing next monday on all of your podcast platforms and uh, we'll speak to you very soon ta-da yeah.